Okay, well, hello my friends. It's about that time again. Welcome to 15-Minute Free Thinking. With me, Carpo, your host, as always. And I'm hoping to change that soon. I'm honestly hoping to have a co-host. I've talked to a couple people in the past. It's been a while. I'll be perfectly honest, it's hard for me to organize. I have good intentions. I would like to have interviews with other people, and I would like to be able to spend more time organizing and researching my vlogs as well as my podcasts, which brings me to you, the viewer and the listener, and uh, my appreciation is immense for all of you. Those who tolerate my BS, those who comment even if you disagree, that's good. It's good for discourse, it's good for the future, it's good for all of us. But uh, before I go on, I'm, I'm doing something a little different today. I'm going to be reading something I wrote called Splitting splitting the Atom. And uh, I need to explain it a little rather than going right into it, so I made a preamble about this. Splitting the Atom, A-D-A-M, as in um, that we are all being constantly divided by these primitive structures which are being interjected like lightning right through our skulls and we're convinced that we need to take a team, that we need to be a certain way, feel a certain way, think a certain way. It's more splitting the atom, how we chose propaganda for our team. And um, so before I go on, I'd like to say talking about these topics, and you've probably heard it a million times, uh, does not pay the bills, it does not get funded, it doesn't get supporters, ad revenue. When you talk about controversial topics, the only way you can get funded is by the crowds. Now, every patron that I have, I appreciate. And I mentioned this before, but I'm doing a drawing next week. I'm going to push it forward a few days in case anyone else wants to join up. But if you become a patron, I'm going to do a monthly drawing where I'll send out a package that has uh, one of my custom-made jewelry pieces, as well as uh, maybe a few notes from one of my videos. Who knows? Anything. You know, I don't know what's worth anything. I just want to give something back to my peeps. So you might be surprised. Hell, maybe I'll send some crystals out or whatever I've got on hand. I've got a lot of stuff that I'd like to share with other people, too. But no, it ain't going to be no diamond ring. <laughs> I do my best. So, with that out of the way, <clears throat> I'd like to read this thing that I wrote a few days ago, and uh, or rather finished a few days ago. And it may seem that I throw these things together I don't know how it comes across to others, but a lot of these vlogs that I do where I'm reading a paper actually took me a very long time to write out, to plan uh, how I'm going to do it, um, to edit and correct, but mostly just the ideas and the time it takes to process them. So, I guess I'll read this. Splitting the Atom how we chose propaganda for our team. I believe it all started when television became the main conveyance of knowledge to the people. A tool which could be used to inform, to educate, but also to divide and manipulate. And what a tool it was. We looked up to actors and politicians alike 
so why not combine the two? It would only be natural that at some point we would elect an actor as president, which happened long before the modern day, as Reagan was added as a figurehead for the political cesspool. But that would pale in comparison to the 2000s, when we decided it would be best to add a talk show host and businessman to the roster of leaders of the free world. The worst part was there were no better options. We were out of fuel, out of touch, out of our element, and the best we could do was stir the pot. And oh, how we stirred that pot. It boiled right over. But the problem was solved by electing another old, feeble man to balance the scales. And the cycle continued. No need to quote Orwell here. It's implied. Meanwhile, as the proletariats were infighting about values and beliefs, the machine was able to roll right over them before anything or anyone knew what hit them. Control is only a factor because we have so little of it in life, and some take it wherever they can find it. Power over others, and abuse of said power, seems to be the default mode of leadership. Some have so little control over their own existence that they attempt to control other people and systems. But then something happened. Something many would say was unexpected, while many others, like myself, had completely expected. An outbreak of a novel virus, creating confusion and chaos, which allowed those in power to strip away the last layers of protection and freedoms that the people had under the guise of leadership and protection. From the various wars that were not supported by the people, to the coups that our military had created, to the meddling in foreign affairs that had been a staple in our societal diet, the final straw was when they turned it on we the people and decided that every American citizen needs to be spied on and documented as a potential threat. This was a mere projection of their own lack of trust in one another, pressed onto the people. Do not disagree. Be a good patriot. Do what you're told. And when whistleblowers tried to warn us and tried to inform us, when small groups formed to try to defend the people, we turned against them. And they became enemies of the state, communists or terrorists. Those who spoke out against war were called communists or traitors and thrown in jail for speaking their minds or forced to live in exile in other countries, the very same ones that the U.S. has tried to infiltrate for decades. Those who were told the public how they were being manipulated, were laughed at and ignored, leading to our own peril, our own soldiers being ridiculed for going against the war that they themselves had fought. When the little boy cried wolf, he failed to see the entire wolf pack behind him. The chaos is in the eye of the beholder, yet who directs that eye? Who tells you where to look? 
and why do we listen? The questions arising in the 2020s were nothing new. It was as if society was finally catching up to the reality that the American dream was over. Any chance of convincing people that things were just all right, and they too could just work harder and get ahead, were abolished by the very nature of the capitalist system which benefited only a few. The crony capitalism. What our parents had, we realized we can never live up to. The white picket fence was an illusion. The economy had become so volatile that the people were working two jobs just to make ends meet and still couldn't afford their bills. And when you leave a society weak, they eventually become stronger together. The way those in power have avoided taking responsibility is by convincing the public that their problems all stemmed from a different group. People who aren't religious enough or people who are too religious, people who are communists, socialists or conservatives, people who are too poor or too rich, people who wear masks or do not, or whatever group of immigrants is on the menu for insults this week. It, al it always is and always has been blamed on the other and seldom towards those who are the real offenders. And this is always by design. While there's also plenty of personal blame thrown around, people would much rather blame others and weaker groups, so they do. As neighbors argue over property lines, rip political signs out of each other's yards, and people destroy their own cities and treat each other like lesser humans, one can only wonder if this is not the beginning of the downfall of mankind. Perhaps we have seen the peak of modern civilization, if that is what we choose to call it. Perhaps we don't deserve to evolve any further, for nature realized its mistake and will soon be mending its ailments. Is it possible that the very nature of humanity is merely to implode and destroy ourselves? It's hard not to consider it. We have a lot of ways to create our own problems. We have technology that could save millions of lives, billions of lives, but we can't afford it because we are too busy building weapons that can annihilate all life on this planet. We create deadly nuclear missiles. We study deadly viruses in labs. We produce deadly propaganda. And what do we have to show for it? A vast concentration of power from those who are there to represent the people and a domination over the social order and speech of said people. At some point, we developed a method of sharing truths, and we called it the Internet. And for a while, the potential for change was the best we had ever known in history. And naturally, the gatekeepers found a way to control the narrative by censoring speech, limiting gatherings, and using propaganda to turn neighbors against one another, akin to the Red Scare of the Cold War. Anything to keep the machine oiled up and running. 
Once a population starts to question the integrity of that machine, the tight coil of control starts to unravel. And many are desperately trying to keep that status quo. Losing that control is not an option for them. <clears throat> Pardon the clearing of my throat. This is a long paper. If a society cannot be fooled by propaganda and disinformation, the next step is merely to flood so many ideas into the public forum that the truth is buried too far to discover. By promoting conflicting ideas to the public, everyone is left with a cognitive dissonance about what is real, and this can only lead to one thing, revolution and apocalypse. And don't mistake that second term for the end times, or destruction. As apocalypse means an unveiling of truth, a realization. And I think it's far past time for all of us to realize a few things. For one, the gatekeepers may hold all the cards. But we can decide not to play. We can decide what games to play. A casino depends on its customers. When one cannot be controlled by physical bars and chains, the next best option is to imprison their minds in fear. Fear is the driver of chaos, and chaos leads us to do things we might not otherwise ever consider. Under the guise of patriotism, or bravery, our children are sent off to kill other children in places they've never even heard of. The media might cover a story about a city across the world, briefly touching on it. Just long enough to inform us that it has all been destroyed, it's all under control, and we minimize civilian casualties as best we could, considering the circumstances. And if one dare questions the integrity of the mighty army, the almighty military, they are labeled as socialists, communists, or un-American. Marxism. This, as well, is by design. Questioning authority has gone from being a test of bravery to labeled traitorous. Nobody is allowed to dissent, and if they do, a few media clips will turn half the country on the other and keep the people distracted by their red or blue affiliation. I really thought we were smarter than this, but I was wrong. Reading through comment sections on social media, hearing the same talking points over and over, the same media-created catchphrases, mass-marketed insult campaigns, doxing, threatening, hateful actions, and the people who think they are heroes and truthers for exposing that half of the country an entire half of the country, the ones that deserve to burn in a fiery pit so our side can live in peace. I really thought we were smarter than this, but maybe I was wrong. Seeing how people treat one another based on their color, religion, beliefs, or having the wrong bumper sticker on their car, how people can beat a stranger senseless because they are angry about something else. 
taking their fears out on those who have nothing to do with us, folks who are dealing with their own fears, just like the rest of us. We are always closer than we realize. The long game from authorities' position has been to convince the people that we cannot survive without governmental oversight. The very system we put in place to work for us has us working for them. Do you see this? The liberals are not demonic, nor are they your sole enemy. The conservatives are not all racists and billionaires. Nobody cares what your religion is, nor should we care if you agree with ours. It's in the damn Constitution, for God's sake. Pun intended. Only a nation that has become too soft, too passive, and too lazy can find the time to argue and fight over things as ridiculous as we are in the modern-day United States of America. As the climate shifts around us, as our farmland dries up, as chemicals leach into our foods and homes, and lobbyists continue to funnel money into Washington to make sure their products are deemed safe even when they aren't, and as Wall Street continues manipulating the markets, and young families can no longer afford to buy a home, as the fiat currency system creates more billionaires, and wages have not increased since 1978, when one accounts for inflation, we worry about Marxism? Give me a break. At least we can rest assured, rest assured that the wealthiest among us are able to take their big, pretty spaceships to Mars. We are quite pathetic to be looking up when we cannot even manage the blue ball we live on. We have big hopes to become architects, but we can't keep our own room clean. Sometimes I feel ashamed to be a human, but as I get older and discover more about my world, I am less surprised by it all. People want tasty answers, and most people want them in easily digestible portions. But the scary part is, we want those morsels that we do like, not those that leave a bad taste in our mouths. Because of this, we ignore that which does not suit our beliefs, our needs, our preconceived notions. Admitting that we are mistaken should be celebrated, but instead it is frowned upon. Flip-flopping on issues when presented with new information is a wonderful thing. We should never be afraid to change our minds. But even when we do not, we should still be willing to hear others out. There was a time when adults could stand in the same room and discuss the issues without screaming match or everyone storming out in anger. No longer do our representatives work for the people, but for their small factions of dedicated supporters. It has become more about groupthink and being right than doing what is right. Seeing politicians as well as the media standing there spewing hyperbole and nonsense is more than an injustice to intelligence. It's downright disgusting. It's pathetic. It's just damn sad. But there is a bright side. And that bright side is this. 
At some point, when people have been lied to enough times and their leadership has failed to protect their interests, they always rise up. And this is not about carrying pitchforks or storming physical places to prove a point. It's a slow, personal, internal change in thought passed on to the next generation in hopes that our children are able to make better decisions than we have. Some might call this radical. I call it survival. Ultimately, those who have power do not give it up easily. The true scope of corruption and self-interest in our political landscape has always been apparent to those who are paying attention. But oh, how few have been doing so. One only wakes up when the screaming in their ear becomes too loud to ignore. We do deserve better, as humans and as Americans. Greatness comes from the hearts and minds of the people, not the suits and ties who grumble behind closed doors and make policy decisions for you. And my message is time-sensitive, which is my reason for sharing it. The people have so much more in common than difference. We are so busy screaming insults at each other based on what we believe or want to believe, rather than our actions. We all want better wages. We all want better working conditions. We all want free speech and the right to travel. Don't let the few extremists out there define what hundreds of millions of people believe, because they don't. That lunatic you saw ranting about the left or the right, the media clip of somebody who did this or that so we can all say, ooh, look at that bad person, they go nowhere. And they don't represent reality. They are well-known tools of propaganda. Turn off the news, don't read the politics, go outside, walk to the park, talk to people. I guarantee you will find that their political views are not as important as they seem on TV. We are all swayed and emotionally affected by the things we see and hear. And we all fall victim to getting upset about things, even when we find they may not be true at all. If we attach ourselves to our ideas and beliefs, that is a surefire way to be miserable. If we can present our ideas in a calm, collected, and rational manner, then people are more likely to listen. And even if we don't agree, calling each other names will solve nothing. It never has, and it never will. It's like a child throwing a tantrum to feel better about himself. Keeping a stoic mind is perhaps the most important thing that we can learn for ourselves and those around us. And passing that mindset onto our children might one day yield fruit. Change takes time, but right now, we are going in the wrong direction. I would be remiss not to mention that there are many who do realize these things and have worked hard not to buy into the hyperbole and divisive tactics. That said, even within these groups, we can all be sucked into the controversy once in a while. Some issues really do matter, and there's nothing wrong with feeling angry or anxious, as these emotions are the ones that cause us to make changes in life. The idea is not to ignore the problems we face, but rather to realize which of them are manufactured as distractions. And that is getting harder to determine. Stay vigilant 
Never give up on seeking answers, but be careful that you don't let someone else behind a screen dictate what those answers should be. Whether it comes from mainstream media or alternative sources, always think things through. Think for yourself. It's far braver than creating an enemy out of nothing. Anyone can hurl insults and be angry, but it generally serves no purpose. If we want a future worth living in, we have to work together. So let's get on that, eh, folks? Thanks for listening. And whether you're watching the video version or the audio version, thanks for coming along. I appreciate your time. I appreciate all of you. And uh, as I said before, if you want to support the channel, check out my Patreon page. And I will talk to you all next time. Maybe before I go, I'll play you a song. <laughs> Thanks for listening, my friends. I'll talk to you next time.